Welcome to American Indian and Alaska Native Living, a program designed to educate and inspire listeners throughout Indian country. American Indian and Alaska Native Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he is here today to help you learn more about your health. Here is Dr. DeRose. Welcome to American Indian and Alaska Native Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Today we're looking at your questions. That's right, questions that you've brought to our attention through our website, TimelessHealingInsights.org. Now, a lot of you are saying, wait a minute. Um, I'm listening right now to American Indian and Alaska Native Living. I've been on the AIANL Dot org website for American Indian Alaska Native Living dot org, but what is the Timeless Healing Insights website about? Many of you know that we've uh, put together a free thirty day program. It's a thirty day lifestyle program, especially for diabetes and high blood pressure. I was really inspired to put this program together based on a book that I co-authored called Thirty Days to Natural Blood Pressure Control, and especially because of my work in Indian Country. Some of you have heard me tell the story before, and that was that as we were uh, really having tremendous results with the book, a lot of people having wonderful experiences, getting off blood pressure medicines, lowering their numbers. Well, one of my Native friends uh, who does a lot of uh, health work throughout Indian country said to me, you know, David, we need to uh, get this in an easy way that people can access it for my people in Indian country as well as for others. So that's why we pulled that together. So we've got this free program. It's at TimelessHealingInsights.org. And because that site has uh, generated a lot of traffic, a lot of people have been engaging there, going through the 30-day lifestyle program, it's just six minutes a day, roughly, where I'm giving you pointers, specific things to do that you're going to continue throughout the course of a month. And a lot of people who've gone through that program, they're saying, hey, we've got questions, we've got concerns, we've got other things that we're wondering about, and they have contacted us through that TimelessHealingInsights.org website. You could do that as well if you've got individual questions. We're not able to answer them all personally, but we've been doing periodic programs where we take people's questions that have been coming in and answer them. This was originally done for a live video presentation, but um, we're offering some of the questions right now on air on this edition of American Indian and Alaska Native Living. So let's take a listen. Questions coming in from you, our listeners, and uh, being answered by me, Dr. David DeRose. What can be used naturally to reduce or get rid of a cyst which might be in the breast? Okay, so excellent question. So one of the themes when we talk about natural therapies is the first step in treatment is diagnosis. And so we're always concerned about breast cysts. We want to make sure that the breast cyst is benign. And so we don't want someone saying, hey, I feel a lump in my breast. I'm going to try to treat it naturally. No, we want you to get that fully evaluated first. If it is a benign cyst and the uh, doctor has told you, your practitioner has told you, you have fibrocystic breast disease. Some women have found uh, over the years that their breasts are fairly responsive to what we call methylxanthines. Uh, this is actually something that for some ladies seems to worsen cysts in the breast. 
and you find methylxanthines in places like caffeine and chocolate. So you may want to uh, consider avoiding those things. Other people say, no, those things don't matter. And, you know, we did a big study. It doesn't seem to make much difference. Well, um, what I say as a clinician, when we're talking about natural remedies, lifestyle therapies, we say, you know what? Just give it a try. And, you know, give it a three to four week try and uh, see if that makes a difference. So that's one of the things that I would recommend. The other thing I will mention that has a relationship with hormonal-related breast changes is actually soy products. So some women have found that soy is very useful if they're going through the change of life, going through menopause. Uh, And interestingly, I'll have some men say, oh, I heard that soy have estrogen in them. I'm a man. I don't want to take anything like that. Let me just explain a little bit about the phytoestrogens that are in soy. So these are relatively weak estrogens and they actually block stronger estrogens. So if someone has breast changes that are related to stronger estrogenic effects, theoretically, increasing soy products might be helpful. For the men that are worried about this, I tell men, you should be more worried about what we call xenoestrogens. That's X-E-N-O, xenoestrogens. These are foreign estrogens that are found in our environment, contamination, in... uh, Toxins that accumulate in foods, for example, especially animal products, can concentrate these xenoestrogens. And some of the foods that we get very concerned about as far as concentrating toxins would be fish, because if there's pollution in the water, fish living in those waters, especially if they're higher up on the food chain, can concentrate those toxins. So my point is simply, if you're concerned about breast cysts, get a thorough evaluation, proper diagnosis, consider avoiding things like caffeine and chocolate, and you may want to consider adding additional soy products. All right, thank you. Now, your next question is, please address how individuals who are on the program taper off or reduce their prescription medications, and should this be done without discussing it with my doctor? Okay, so this is an excellent question. Many of you have joined us because you've come through our 30-day free online program. If you're hearing about it for the first time, if you go to TimelessHealingInsights.org, we have a free 30-day lifestyle program where we help people with diabetes and high blood pressure especially to uh, really decrease their dependence on medications. And Linda, as you asked in that question, very important to be monitoring blood sugars and blood pressure because often there is a need to decrease medications. So let's just talk a little bit about that whole concept. The biggest answer to the question is in that last phrase. And the last phrase was referring to dialoguing with your prescribing practitioner. I say that's critical. You want to have whoever prescribed that diabetes medication or that blood pressure medication or both at least involved in the dialogue before you start on the program. Because what we find is we often do need to decrease medications. Now, Tapering is very important. We never like to just abruptly stop a medication. Some medicines are actually dangerous to abruptly stop. We talk about that in our blood pressure book, 30 Days to Natural Blood Pressure Control. And uh, so here's what I tell people. The general principle of tapering is you can't taper too slowly if your numbers are all fine. So if someone, like if we're working with someone with a mental health issue, 
Uh, mental health drugs are ones that we always taper off as well. We never just stop them abruptly because your body gets used to the medications you're taking, even if you don't need them, theoretically. And I could give you examples like that if we wanted to talk about it. We've actually done studies. I haven't personally, but researchers have done studies where they'll give someone a medication, for example, an acid-blocking drug for their stomach. They didn't even need it. They put them on it for several weeks, then they stop it abruptly, and now these people start having heartburn that they never had before. So your body can actually get dependent on things. So with um, mental health medications, we're not measuring a, a number, a blood pressure, blood sugar. Sometimes I'll work with a patient, I'll say, we can taper that off as slow as we want. You're taking three pills a day. We can have you uh, take three pills every day except Wednesday when you just take two of this medicine. So you just decrease one pill every week. And someone says, well, that'll take forever. Well, you know, it'll take quite a while. You can't always do that with blood pressure pills and diabetes medications. So let's say your blood pressure, here's the, the criteria I use. If someone's blood pressure is consistently running below 120 systolic and their numbers are coming down, that's when I start getting concerned as a provider. And we will start typically at that point, especially if they started, their blood pressure is 140, 150, 160, not uncommon. And now their blood pressures are 110. I'm saying, you know, we got to be backing off these medications. So what we'll typically do is maybe cut one of the medications in half. Uh, that's a common thing that we'll do at first. But don't do this on your own. Some of these medications are more critical than others, and you may be on it. You may not realize maybe your doctor has you on a certain blood pressure medication also to protect your heart. Uh, for example, the beta blockers, those are drugs that end in lol, like metoprolol or atenolol or carvedilol. Those uh, beta blockers, they may be used for your blood pressure, but they're often prescribed by doctors who don't just have a concern about blood pressure. They're also concerned maybe about rapid heart rate or other heart uh, issues. Okay, thank you. The next question for you is, how can I address hypothyroid without taking medication, and is this safe? So hypothyroidism, or low thyroid function, is a very common problem. Uh, one review I saw, they estimate that as many as uh, 1 in 50 women will develop hypothyroidism in their life, somewhat less for men. Some diseases do have kind of a gender bias. But um, the most common cause of hypothyroidism, well, since we're speaking about ladies, one interesting cause of reversible hypothyroidism is postpartum hypothyroidism. So a woman who has a, a child, after the pregnancy, she can be hypothyroid. This is typically a reversible cause of hypothyroidism. Some years ago, I had a patient who came in, and that was her history. She went through pregnancy. She was hypothyroid. They put her on thyroid replacement. We were able, over time, to taper her off, her thyroid medication, because her thyroid was fine. But because she was put on medication, her thyroid got used to having that thyroid and wasn't working hard enough. It was saying, well, I don't need to work very hard. I'm getting plenty of thyroid in these pills. I mean, your body, maybe not consciously connecting all those dots, but you have an uh, area in the hypothalamus that's part of the brain and your pituitary gland that are actually involved in monitoring thyroid function. And if you're taking a thyroid supplement because you're low, because you're hypothyroid, even if that hypothyroidism was transient, if the cause went away, you still just can't stop the medicine. Say, oh, I'm sure glad I watched this program because that's when my hypothyroidism started. I've been on this for 20 years. I'm going to flush my thyroid down the toilet. No, you're going to have problems with your energy level or other things or worse. 
So basically, first point is, again, it comes back to this first step in treatment is diagnosis. So try to find out why. You can talk with your physician. There are viral causes that can cause temporary hypothyroidism. But the most common cause of hypothyroidism is an autoimmune condition called Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And if you have Hashimoto's disease, it's an autoimmune process. Your thyroid is actually being destroyed. So once it gets to a point of no return, if it gets bad enough, you're not going to be able to produce thyroid hormone, at least in sufficient amounts to get by. So what we tell people to do in that case is if we catch them early, there is some preliminary evidence. I would not say this is proven, but I've used this with a number of patients. I say give a trial to something called niacinamide. So I find that most people have heard of niacin. It's a B vitamin. But this is not niacin, it's niacinamide. You have to take niacinamide. It's a B vitamin derivative. And uh, the typical dosage is 500 milligrams three times a day. So in some of the research, it seems like this may have an anti-autoimmune effect. And so we've tried this with some people. And um, I tell people it's worth a try. So 500 milligrams three times a day. We don't know of any side effects to niacinamide. I've not seen any. But, um, you know, there's always that possibility. So you want to be, I say, if you're already working with a healthcare provider, let them know that you want to try this. If they think, think there's some reason why you can't use it, then, of course, defer to their judgment. Thank you. We are going to step away on that question, and we will be coming back with more of the questions that were asked in a live meeting that was held back in April of 2022. Again, the setting was individuals who have been engaging with us in our TimelessHealingInsights.org platform. This is a platform where we feature a special 30-day lifestyle program, six minutes a day, with me giving you pointers on things you can do, especially focused on helping your diabetes or helping your high blood pressure. Individuals who've been going through that program, we have literally thousands who've viewed different segments of that program, if not uh, having gone through the entire 30-day program, and they are connecting with us. They are sending us their questions. They are asking us what we can be doing better. We are unable, unfortunately, to answer all the questions that come through to our office, but we have been doing periodic live sessions just like the one that was featured in April of 2022. So we're going to come back with more of the questions that you have sent to us through the TimelessHealingInsights.org website. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We will be back with more right after this. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please reach out to us on the web at A-I-A-N-L dot O-R-G. That stands for American Indian Alaska Native Living. Again, A-I-A-N-L dot org. Or you can call us at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid. But there is hope. Reach out to someone. Connect with your friends. Stay in touch with your community. And know that you are not alone. 
Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. When Jim died, I wondered if I would be able to keep the farm. Then I heard about the USDA's loan program for socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers. It's for women and minorities who may be having trouble getting credit. Once I was approved, the USDA's Farm Service Agency helped me get the credit I needed. Now I don't have to sell, and I can pass the farm down to my kids the way Jim's dad passed it down to him. I know he'd like that. Contact your local USDA Service Center or visit www.fsa.usda.gov. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We are taking your questions today. And if you're just jumping on and you're wondering if you can jump into the dialogue, Unfortunately, this is a pre-recorded show, but we've been monitoring questions that you've been sending us through our TimelessHealingInsights.org website. For those of you just joining us today, that is the website where we feature a free 30-day lifestyle program. Roughly six minutes a day, I give you instructional material that is designed especially to help you make non-drug changes, lifestyle-related changes, that can help you with your blood pressure, that can help you with your diabetes. So we're getting a lot of people who are engaging with that free program, and then they're responding to us. They're interacting with us on that platform. Of course, if you want to get other great materials that are tied to this show, if you want to read our magazine, the American Indian and Alaska Native Living magazine, that is a different website. That's the AIANL.org. You hear that uh, at many of our breaks. So AmericanIndianAlaskaNativeLiving.org, that's the official website for this show. But we're getting a lot of questions that are coming in through a sister website where we feature this special 30-day lifestyle program. If you haven't done the program yet, I invite you to jump on to try it. It's really simple. Just watch the videos, put the simple principles into practice, and you will be surprised. We've had uh, many great testimonials of people really getting help for their diabetes and their high blood pressure. Well, we're going back to your questions that have come through that TimelessHealingInsights.org website. Let's uh, listen as Linda asks me another question. What is most effective in lowering A1C, modifications of food intake or integrating exercise, 
or what do you do to stay motivated and stick to this lifestyle? Okay, so a number of excellent questions. So the first one is an either-or question. What's better, diet or exercise? And, uh, well, the answer is they're both important. And it may depend on the person, because if a person is already on an excellent diet, exercise may hold a lot of potential to improve their A1C. So A1C, let me just kind of explain that, because I I find uh, even a lot of patients who've been having this test measured for many years don't understand what it looks at. So hemoglobin A1C is looking at sugar that basically has joined up to your red blood cells. So when you have sugar in your blood, and we all have sugar in our blood, there are certain cells, uh, certain proteins and things that become glycated. So sugar actually gets incorporated in your tissues. Uh, And that's true of the red blood cell. So if we look at the red blood cell, and it has an average lifespan of about 100 days, 90 days, three months. So we say if we look at the amount of sugar that's linked up to the red blood cell, it's not something that happens moment by moment. It's not like, oh, I had my hemoglobin A1C checked after I drank uh, orange juice or ate five Snickers bars or had ice cream. Is it going to be really high? No, it doesn't change in hours. It can change in days, but it really more likely changes most significantly changes in weeks or months. So the hemoglobin A1C, we look at it as an average, a three-month average of blood sugar. So improving the hemoglobin A1C, huge in the equation is diet. The dietary factors that are most important, a lot of people think sugar. Sugar does have an effect on it, but it's more the fats, and especially the animal fats, those saturated fats found like in red meat and other sources, because they make your cell membranes stiffer And the cell membranes are where the insulin interacts with your cells. And uh, if those membranes are stiffer, the insulin does not interact as well. We call it insulin resistance. And that actually is setting the stage for higher blood sugars and higher A1C. So again, best approach is diet plus exercise. Exercise has an insulin-like effect. If someone's not doing any exercise... They may find that gradually ramping up their exercise program can make a big difference. One of the key times we recommend exercise is right after eating. We don't recommend vigorous exercise, but even a light walk for 10 or 15 minutes after you eat, some people say, but I got to clean up the table and all. No, leave the food on the table. Just go for a walk, 10 or 15 minutes. They say, but you know, the food's going to spoil. Yeah, I mean, sure. If you got to put something in the refrigerator, do that. But the reason why is the A1C isn't the only determinant of diabetic complications. That's an average, but it's the excursions of blood sugar that especially are damaging. And oftentimes after a meal, those blood sugars really go up quite a bit. So if you take a light walk after a meal, that can really help to stabilize the blood sugar. So not only helping the A1C, but even more importantly, stabilizing those fluctuations. And this can be very important if we're trying to reverse some of the complications of diabetes. Was there another part to that question too? It seemed like there were several parts to it. Did I answer them all? Um, talking about how do you stay motivated and stick to this lifestyle. Oh, okay. Well, one of the great ways to stick with it is to connect with other people who are going through the program. And maybe this is a point um, where we should pause and mention, I know we've got another question coming up from uh, groups throughout the country that are wondering about running programs like this. Why don't you, That's correct. You, do you have that uh, handy right there in front of you? I do. They're asking... They're interested in introducing this program to their church or uh, work program. What resources are available, and is this something we can set up online or have on a Zoom production for the group? 
Okay, so we're tying this in with the motivation question. So I hope you see how this is all fitting together. So one of the real keys to motivation, sure, I meet some people who are very individually motivated. But the reality is most of us find a far easier time, even if we have a lot of internal motivation, if there's someone else that's going through a program with us. So here's the simplest thing you can do, and then we'll talk about groups. The simplest thing you can do is find at least one person to go through the 30-day program with you. So I'm assuming that a lot of you, if you're joining us for this live session, maybe you've gone through our whole free 30-day program, and if you've just jumped on and didn't hear me mention it, if you go to timelesshealinginsights.org, you'll see a free sign-up for our 30-day program. If you sign up there, we will send you a uh, reminder every day during the 30 days uh, to your email, and it'll give you a link to the video for that day. The videos are roughly about six minutes long. We also have one-hour weekly videos that we filmed right here in this venue that give you an overview for each week ahead, the first four weeks of the program. So basically, I tell people, sign up for that. They say, well, I've already done it. Well, I say, sign up again. Now, here's a little trick. Maybe my IT people will tell me after this presentation I shouldn't tell people to do this, but you sign up with a different name and go through it again, get the reminders again. I don't know that you can sign up using the same name. And I'm not saying you say, well, that would be deceptive. Well, use your initials, okay? So if I signed up the first time as David D. Rose, I'll sign up as, you know, D. DeRose. And uh, so far, I actually was just checking this out this week. And it looks like it works. I'm getting the uh, reminders again to go through the program. Now, why I'm, I'm saying this is don't just sign up again for yourself, but sign up on the same day that one of your friends is going to sign up. So you're going through it together. So call your long-lost high school friend that moved out to uh, California or now is living in uh, Nome, Alaska. Okay, Get on the phone and say, hey, we got to go through this program together and let's sign up right now together. So you'll be getting the things at the same time. And I tell people, touch base at least once a week, whether it's an email, whether it's a text, whether it's a phone call and just share your progress. So this is powerful. Now, to the bigger question. We do have groups that are asking us, well, can we go through this as a group? Well, of course, any workplace, any church group, you can say, hey, let's uh, all sign up on this specific day. You say, well, that might be difficult to coordinate, so you're all on the same day. You can do it that way. And that's you know, absolutely free to do it that way. We're actually working with an IT uh, group, a uh, team of marketing professionals, and we've been talking with them about this question because several have been asking us about group programs. And we're trying to work on a way so we can have that because it's not just something like to press a button. There'll probably be some charge for that. But we can actually set it up as what they're telling me so that you could have, uh, it's your business, you could have on your business website, you know, our 30-day health challenge. It's starting on such and such a day. And people can just jump on there and do that. And it would just look like it's coming from your business or church or, you know, other faith community. So that's in process. So feel free to reach out to us through that timelesshealinginsights.org. Some of you may have already talked with Linda or Beth. There are some of the folks fielding those questions. And uh, we can try to get you up and up and running with that. Fantastic. The next one is, can I pay to have a medical consultation with Dr. DeRose? Okay, um, the answer is probably not. So right now I'm doing a limited telemedicine practice and it is actually uh, done in a, actually in a location where I practiced for a number of years in Northern California. 
So I do deal with patients uh, via telemedicine who are there in that local geographic area. So I actually have people on the ground there. It's in uh, Lake County, California. So if you're there, if you're tuning in from Lake County, if you're in Clear Lake or one of the other uh, surrounding communities, uh, yes, you could actually go to, uh, it's Adventist Health Clear Lake is the group that I work with, and you could say, you know, I want to get established uh, there. I actually don't see new patients, but I have a physician's assistant who you could see, and I work with that panel of patients. So, but most people say, well, hey, I live in, uh, you know, Macon, Georgia, <laughs> or, you know, and I'm not going to fly out to California. So we don't really have a service that's designed to do phone consultations with people throughout the country, and it's pretty limited. I just uh, have a very limited amount of time where I do this. So those of you that have been writing questions, and that's why we're doing these live question and answer sessions. So uh, to give you some access to me, but there's just a lot more people that contact us than I can give individual attention to. So I wish uh, there was an opportunity to do that in a broader way. If that changes, we will definitely try to let you know. Well, on that note, we do have to step away. We're going to be coming back with more questions that you've been asking on this edition of American Indian and Alaska Native Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose, back with more right after this. American Indian and Alaska Native Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please contact us on the web at AIANL.org or call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. A message from the National Police Association. It used to be that any able-bodied person would offer to assist a police officer in danger. Now, passers-by are more likely to take a video. There's a better use for your phone when an officer's in trouble. Call 911. Tell the operator where you are and what you see. Then, start your video to provide evidence later. To learn more about how you can assist law enforcement, visit nationalpolice.org. That's nationalpolice.org. Unlike other health concerns, mental illness is not always easy to see. Depression won't show up on an eye chart, and you can't measure it on your bathroom scale. Sorting out a mental health concern is not something to attempt on your own. You won't find a bipolar disorder by looking at a thermometer. Like many other health conditions, help for mental illness takes professional diagnosis and treatment. Anxiety won't just go away under a stick-on bandage. So the sooner you seek treatment, the better. If you or a loved one has a mental health concern, don't go it alone. Find out what to do. For 24-hour free and confidential information and treatment referral, call 1-800-662-HELP. Learn more at samhsa.gov support. That's S-A-M-H-S-A dot gov slash support. Using meth taught me everything about freedom, only not like you think. It taught me how easy it is to lose your freedom. If you think meth is taking control of you, ask for help. You have the power to be truly free. I know. I'm Jan, and I'm free from meth. If you or someone you know is struggling with meth, call 1-800-662-HELP for 24-hour free and confidential treatment referral. Learn more at samhsa.gov slash meth. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaska Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. 
Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to today's edition of American Indian and Alaska Native Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Today we're listening to questions that you sent us and trying to answer them. These are questions that I answered in a live venue back in April of 2022. We're sharing some of them with you right now by way of radio. Let's take a listen to the next question as well as my answer. All right, thank you. The next one is, I've been having trouble with insomnia and my doctor prescribed trazodone. Are there natural remedies or alternatives to this? Okay. So let's talk about this question. So huge problems in our country, um, mental health issues, anxiety, depression, insomnia. A lot of people think, well, I don't know if that's really a mental health issue, but there's a lot of overlap between insomnia and anxiety and depression. So depression typically or often causes sleep disturbance. Sometimes people are sleeping too much. Other times people are sleeping too little. It has disruption in sleep is one of its characteristics often. And anxiety is a huge factor in insomnia. So I can't tell you how many people say, well, I'm having trouble sleeping. When I start talking with them about their sleep problems, they say, my brain is just going. I go to sleep, I fall asleep okay, but I wake up an hour and a half later and my mind is just going with all the problems and and all, what can I do? So, yes, prescription medications can be used. This person was prescribed trazodone. So trazodone initially came out as an antidepressant. Many antidepressants can help both with depression and anxiety. So they're sometimes used by physicians that way. But many, especially of the older antidepressants, have a sedative effect as well. So this would be true of things like trazodone. It would be also true of things that we call tricyclic antidepressants. These would be things like nortriptyline and amitriptyline, brand names like Pamelor, Elevil, things like this. So uh, sometimes these will be prescribed, and a person will feel it's helping them sleep. Some of these medications are also prescribed to help with pain management because they have some anti or some analgesic effects. In our book, 30 Days to Natural Blood Pressure Control, We uh, have one of our, I think it's our most comprehensive table. It's in Chapter 9, and I think we've got this free on our website. So, again, if you haven't gotten the website that we're featuring in these programs, it's timelesshealinginsights.org. That's our new website. If you go down to the bottom of that webpage, you'll see a link to my uh, Compass Health website where we have a lot of uh, free handouts. So just go there and look there for um, this table. It's figure 9.5. So I think you'll find it there uh, free of charge where you can download it. But let me just give you some high points here. This looks like about 14 different points. We call it sleep hygiene. So what we did when we wrote the book, uh, my co-authors and I, we went through the sleep research, these healthy sleep practices, natural things you can do to sleep better. And uh, I'll just mention some of them because we find a lot of people If they just incorporate some of these things, they can sleep better. So let me mention several that relate to anxiety, especially, and insomnia. So the first uh, one that I'll mention, it's not the first one on the list, but it's avoid caffeinated beverages. And a lot of people have noticed that if they take caffeine late in the day, it keeps them awake. What's really interesting in the research is anything after noon, for some people, if they're sensitive, can contribute to wakefulness. So if someone's dealing with anxiety, and the best really is to get off the caffeine altogether, 
But if someone's not ready for that and they say, well, I'm not sleeping well, I need caffeine to get me going in the morning, I'm not going to make you feel guilty about that. But my point is, avoid it, especially after lunchtime, okay? And by lunchtime, we're talking, you know, 12 or 1 o'clock. So um, very important. Caffeine can also, even before that, affect melatonin production. And melatonin is important for sleep. So that's one that relates to both of these. Another one that is really important is a sleep routine, a sleep routine. And a lot of people say, well, what are you talking about? One of the things I've noticed over the years is a lot of people, especially if during their working years, they're on a given schedule during the work week. Maybe they have to be up early. Maybe they're up at 5 in the morning and they get to bed at 9. But when the weekends come, they say, hey, no reason to get up early. You know, I'll stay up till 2 o'clock on Friday night, sleep in till noon. This really messes with your circadian rhythms. And if you want to have trouble sleeping, if you're prone to it, some people say it doesn't bother me at all. That's what I do, and I'm going to keep doing it. Well, it may not be bothering your sleep right now, but if you get into problems with sleep, the more regular you are every day, that really helps. And the idea of a sleep routine is not just uh, the time, but it's also doing things, and this is another point in here, about mentally preparing for sleep. So one of the mistakes that a lot of people make is they'll expose themselves to bright light or other stimulating things. Bright light is very stimulating to the brain. So if you're working with a device or you're watching something, that is not the ideal thing to prepare you for going to sleep. And a lot of people say, well, I just like to watch the evening news and then go to bed. Well, maybe you're watching a different news station than I've seen over the years. But most of these things that they're reporting on the news uh, would not help me decrease my anxiety level. Maybe that reveals something about my personality. Or you're balancing your checkbook, you're doing something else, or you're planning what you're going to do the next day. All of those things tend to be more anxiety-producing for some people. So identify what's anxiety-producing for you and identify something you can do that's going to help you wind down. What is that going to be? Maybe, you know, if you have a hobby, maybe you're going to do some painting or you're going to play a musical instrument or you're going to uh, read some uh, inspirational spiritual material, have some prayer time or some meditation. Whatever works for you to help wind down. Uh, Some people say, well, I always take a bath or a shower. Whatever you do on a regular basis, your brain will actually get used to. And very interesting, there's a whole science, and we call this science chronobiology. So it literally means the biology of time, biology of body clocks. And there's a German term that's used for something that signals your body clock to work on a particular schedule. It's called a Zeitgeber. It's a German term spelled Z-E-I-T-G-E-B-E-R. So you can actually put that into Google and you'll find English language studies that mention these Zeitgebers. And you say, well, what is this? It is a time giver. It's something that gives you time cues. So if every night, let's say, you have some devotional reading and then you take a shower, your brain will start telling you it's time to go to sleep. So if you keep that routine, it's really like taking a natural sleeping pill because your brain is actually priming you to do this. And it's actually neurochemically, it's actually preparing you to sleep. I'll mention one other thing, and like I said, there's multiple things in here. Maybe I'll mention two others, because these are both important. One is bright light exposure in the daytime. If you're having trouble falling asleep at night, get up early, if you can, if you can work it with your work schedule, and get outside around the time of sunrise, okay? 
So even before sunrise, there's bright enough light, you know, just before sunrise or just after sunrise. If you're out at that time of day, that bright light exposure is priming your brain, melatonin production, and other things so that at night you'll be able to fall asleep. If you say, I have no problem falling asleep, it's waking up in the middle of the night. Well, what helps you sleep through the night is bright light exposure late in the day. So if you can get out around the time of sundown, get that bright light exposure, you say, I can't get out then, well, maybe you want to get a light box, okay, or something. You get that bright light exposure early in the day, helps you fall asleep at night. Bright light exposure late in the day helps you sleep through the night. Now, last thing I want to mention, and um, we mentioned this uh, in our sleep hygiene strategies, and it's really an important one. I've seen a lot of people uh, really get benefit from this. We call it refocusing your brain. So the way we recommend people use this strategy is in the old days, we used to say, um, have a sleep tape. And when I say that to people now, they say, like, I mean, is that like duct tape or, you know, what is a sleep tape? Uh, no, now a sleep tape, uh, we'll maybe we'll call it a sleep MP3 or a sleep audio uh, recording. So whether you subscribe to some audio service or whether you download a free app that has a Bible on it or something, the strategy is to refocus your brain, listen to something that's engaging but not stimulating. So engaging but not stimulating. So some people say, well, that's why I just keep the TV on. Well, maybe you're watching some unusual television station but a lot of conventional television, you might be watching something very relaxing, and then they say, hurry, tomorrow morning, you know, get to the Ford dealership, we've got a special sale on. Uh, So uh, that may not be uh, the most uh, relaxing. You're saying with like, someone says, well, I just listen to YouTube, or I have whatever, whatever works for you, but the idea is engaging, but not stimulating. I've had a lot of people over the years say, well, I like to listen to narrative portions of the Bible. You know, I'm not laying there wondering if the children of Israel are going to get killed at the Red Sea or, you know, if Jesus is not going to rise after the cross. So, yeah, that can work for people, you know, from different faith backgrounds. They may want to listen to something of a spiritual nature. Thank you. The next question is, does omega-3 reverse cholesterol? And what does it do for overall health? Okay. So it's an interesting way of describing it, but let's talk about the omega-3 fats. So omega-3 fats are actually, basically it's a technical chemical definition. So these are fats that are generally longer chain fats that have multiple double bonds. That means they're polyunsaturated fats. These fats tend to make the cell membranes more flexible, which is something good. We already talked about that earlier, how the stiff membranes make it harder, for example, for insulin to signal to your cells. It's the opposite with these polyunsaturated fats, like the omega-3 fats and other uh, long-chain polyunsaturated fats that generally come from plant sources. Now, people say, wait, wait, wait. Plant sources, omega-3 fats, that's fish fat. Well, actually, there are no fish that make omega-3 fats. Omega-3 fats in nature are only made from plant sources, It just so happens there are fish that eat things like phytoplankton and other plant sources of omega-3 fats, and they concentrate them in their tissues. So there are some fish that are good sources of omega-3 fats, but you can get lots of omega-3 fats in a number of plant sources. So some of the high plant sources of omega-3 fats would be things like walnuts, 
and flaxseed and chia seeds. Even soybeans have a reasonable amount of omega-3 fat. So these omega-3 fats are good for cell signaling. It's good for brain signaling. It's good for cholesterol as well. The polyunsaturated fats generally tend to lower cholesterol, whereas the saturated fats tend to raise it. So there are a number of beneficial effects. Now, some people say, well, sounds like I should just go to the store and buy a bottle of fish oil and just, you know, have a glass of fish oil instead of a glass of water every morning. Well, um, that's not what we recommend. So we generally recommend getting your omega-3 fats in whole foods. Remember this idea of the, you know, whole food, plant-based diet? That's really going to be the ideal source because you're getting a whole host of other nutrients. We call them phytochemicals as well in the plant sources. So this is really the ideal way to do that. Does that pretty much cover all that they were asking that question? Because I know they had multiple parts as well. Well, it says um, for their overall health, and I think you got that. Okay. Mm -hmm. We do have to step away just one more time. You're listening to questions that I was answering in April of 2022 at a live event where we were taking questions that came through our website, timelesshealinginsights.org. That's timelesshealinginsights.org. There you can connect with our free 30-day lifestyle program. You can also send questions that uh, one of our team will try to answer. We can't surround all the questions that come through, and that's why we do events like the one that is being featured on today's show. More of your questions coming up right after this. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. If a natural disaster comes knocking, how prepared is your family? You can't just close the door on earthquakes, floods, or hurricanes and hope they go away. That's why it's important to make a plan now. Ready.gov slash plan has the tools and tips you need to prepare your family for an emergency. So if disaster shows up at your doorstep, you'll be ready. Visit ready.gov slash plan and make a plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. I'm just texting him back. I'm just posting a story. I'm just changing the song. I'm just... No. When it comes to distracted driving, just don't. Sending a text takes your eyes off the road for just five seconds, but in that time, your car can travel the length of an entire football field. Any distracted driving just isn't worth it. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. What is a number story? My number story started with fear and a lack of support, and it has led me to be there for others. A number story begins in our childhood with ACEs, adverse childhood experiences. My number story begins with the separation from my father and the emotional abandonment from my mother and leads to me being a role model to not only myself, but those around me by becoming the person that wasn't there for me. ACEs are so common, two-thirds of us have one. My number story begins with drug abuse and homelessness and leads to realizing that I can live life by my own standards. A study found the more ACEs, the more likely we may experience a host of serious health effects, physical and mental, but that doesn't need to be the case. Your ACE number is simply an entry point to your own story. 
Where it leads is up to you. My number story begins with years of emotional abuse and leads to peace, clarity, and security in my self-worth. Take control of where your number story leads at numberstory.org. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Welcome Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to our final segment of today's edition of American Indian and Alaska Native Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. I've been enjoying visiting with you today by way of sharing excerpts from a live program that we featured in April 2022, answering the very questions that some of you have been raising, bringing to us by way of our TimelessHealingInsights.org website. If you're just joining us and you're a little bit confused because you also heard us mention the American Indian Alaska Native Living website, that's A-I-A-N-L dot O-R-G, that's where you can get the full archives of our programs, that's where you can actually access our beautiful magazine, American Indian and Alaska Native Living magazine. Many of you have seen that throughout Indian country. You can access all those resources there. That's the official website for this radio show. But our sister program is called Timeless Healing Insights. That's where we have our free 30-day program for diabetes and high blood pressure. You jump on, register for that program. We'll send you an email every day for 30 days, and you'll connect with six-minute videos that feature me giving you pointers on how you can address diabetes and high blood pressure naturally. Well, we've got more questions coming up right now that have come through that TimelessHealingInsights.org website. Let's listen. Okay, so our next question is, how do you get enough calories by eating a vegan, gluten-free diet? Okay, so let's talk about that one, getting enough calories. It's an interesting question. More often than that question, I've heard people ask me, well, how can I get enough protein on that diet? And the answer to both has been known and seen for years, but let's talk a little bit about both of them. So the first one, let's talk about protein. I know that wasn't what was asked, but it's more commonly the one that's asked of me. It's hard to believe, but I believe I'm giving you the correct date. This was in the 1950s. A researcher by the name of Mervyn Harding, who was at Harvard University at the time, actually looked at this question. People, on a, back then they called it a total vegetarian diet. Would they get enough protein? And they actually looked at people. I don't know where they found them there in the Boston area, or if it was a larger scale study. But they got plenty of all the essential amino acids. Amino acids are the building blocks for proteins. So even people eating absolutely no animal products got plenty of protein, provided they were eating enough calories to sustain their weight. And these people presumably were all doing that. So the first point that I want to make is if you're eating a diverse diet and you don't have to make it soup, you don't have to say, oh, wow, it's a true story. I was not raised a vegetarian. And when I was a young adult, I... um, got excited about getting on a vegetarian diet. I, at the time, was in college. I did not have uh, any nutrition education. I was not a physician. And I said, I'm really worried about this. I'm not going to get enough protein. So I started, you know, buying all these extra nuts and seeds and taking all this stuff. So a while later, I ended up taking a college nutrition class. And uh, they had us analyze our diet. And I found that I was getting like triple the amount of protein that I needed. And even back then, We were learning that high amounts of protein are not ideal as far as kidney function and other things. So I said, well, I really don't need to be eating all these extra protein sources. I was getting plenty of protein just eating the whole plant foods that my diet was really 
based on at that point. So that brings us to the next question. I said you get plenty of protein as long as you're getting sufficient calories. So let's go to that one. In general, if a person is eating a whole foods, plant-based diet, they have no problem maintaining their weight, their ideal weight with sufficient calories. Now, if someone weighs 400 pounds and they're five foot tall and they get on this diet, yes, they're going to lose weight. Because if you're five foot tall and you weigh 400 pounds, I can guarantee you that if you're just eating at regular intervals, we're recommending today most experts, I should say this, more and more experts are recommending that we don't eat between meals. You may have heard of uh, time-restricted feeding or fasting protocols or short-term fasting, different things that are getting much more interest out there in the uh, medical community. So if you're just eating two or at most three meals a day and you're eating these whole plant foods, whether it's gluten-free or not, it's true. There's a lot more volume in those foods and a lot of water. So you will fill up on things that are lower in caloric density. That means you'll fill up on things that are lower in calories and you'll tend to lose weight down to what's an ideal weight for you. Now, occasionally, I was just dealing with someone this week who had, uh, they often call it a gastric sleeve procedure. They basically were left with just about 10% of their stomach. So they cannot load their stomach with a lot of material. They may have trouble just eating three meals a day, gluten-free, vegan diet, not eating any animal products and maintaining their weight. They may need to do some other things. Now, I don't recommend they add animal products. So whether you've had a bariatric surgery or not, let's say you're six foot tall and you weigh 120 pounds and you're on a very restricted diet, maybe you have a lot of food allergies, you're gluten-free, you're on a vegan diet and you're having trouble maintaining your weight. Well, then we do some other strategies. So we'll have people use more calorically dense foods when they do eat. So we'll have them use more things like olives and avocados, more nuts and seeds. So these things are more uh, nutrient dense. So when you eat till you're satisfied, you'll be filling up on more calories. Another thing that I've had people do if they're having trouble maintaining their weight is we will have them juice. And uh, the way I do juicing so that we still get the benefits of fasting between meals, I'll have people juice have the juice a half an hour before their regular meal time. What we find, finish the juice a half an hour before you're going to have your next meal. Usually the amount of calories you get in the juice will not be fully compensated by you eating that much less at the next meal. So let's say you have 400 calories of juice. A half an hour later when you eat, if you hadn't had that juice, well, maybe you would have eaten 200 calories more at the meal. Now you eat 200 calories less because you had that juice, but you're still 200 calories ahead. Do you see how that illustration works? So 400 calories of juice, even if it decreases your consumption at the meal 30 minutes later by 200 calories, you're still coming out 200 calories ahead. And if you do the math, 200 calories difference a day over the course of a year can add up to as much as 20 pounds. Okay, thank you. We have a number of questions left, but the one that was asked the most this week is, how can we support the Ministry of Timeless Healing Insights and... Will you be presenting the Methuselah factor as a part of this program? Okay, so two different questions. Let's talk about the Methuselah factor first. I did bring a copy of the book along, so I had some uh, insights into what your questions were in advance. So if you don't already have a copy of the Methuselah factor book, the Methuselah factor book actually goes along with the free 30-day program. So if you want something to read that goes along with the program, and this expands it, So it's not just dealing with high blood pressure and diabetes. It talks about how it helps with uh, weight control. We have insights from improving your physical performance and mental performance. So this is readily available on Amazon. It's probably the simplest place for people to pick it up. So we really already have a program that interfaces with the Methuselah Factor book. 
But I will tell you, we do have another um, video series. It's kind of an upgraded version of the free series that you've gone through if you've gone through the 30-day program. And it is called the Methuselah Factor. It's a 30-day program. And people can find that if they go to the Compass Health link on the TimelessHealingInsights.org uh, page. So you can actually uh, do that. This ties in with the second question. I think since you have insight into where we're going with some of our programming, I th- I'm wondering if this is why you put those two things together, Beth. Some people have. I, in fact, I just talked with uh, someone. Occasionally, uh, we will be able to deal with someone who reaches out with an individual question. Most of the time, we can't, but there was someone this week that I was able to reach out to having some special problems, and they say, well, can I pay you for having talked with you over the phone? No, if I am able to talk with you over the phone, we don't charge for like a medical consultation or anything like that. But we tell people, if you want to support the Timeless Healing Insights uh, ministry, we do have a lot of costs. It's surprising to me as a physician how costly it is to do all this automation and all the IT stuff that's behind it. So if you want to help support the ministry, there's a donate button on the TimelessHealingInsights.org page. It's pretty subtle. It shows up just on the right margin. And uh, you, you see that little button, you can just click on that. And I think um, our IT people, because we've been working on this for a while to help make it easier for people who want to support the ministry, I think they're going to try to put a little button on some of the daily things that we send out too. So if you've subscribed to one of our daily programs, you can uh, go ahead and get that. Coming back to this question about the 30-day programs, I would say, again, to reemphasize something we mentioned earlier in the program, and that is this free 30-day program, even if you've gone through it once, for many people, that's not sufficient. You say, but I already watched all the videos. Well, yeah, you could buy the upgraded videos, the Methuselah Factor videos, that's fine, but I would say just go through the program again. I may have mentioned this in a previous program, but probably about a month ago, someone reached out to us and they said, you know, we went through the program, this 30-day program. It hasn't been automated for this long, but it's been out for several years. We've had, I think, now about 12,000 people who've gone through some or all of the program. And uh, this person said, I went through the program several years ago, but we went through it again and got a lot more benefits. I think they had lost weight, improved some other numbers as well. So yeah, powerful things. Invite someone else to go through the program with you. That is really powerful. Well, that is all the time that we've got today for your questions. Hopefully you found today's program encouraging to you. Hopefully it answered some questions that you might have. And hopefully if you hadn't had on your radar screen before today, our free program at TimelessHealingInsights.org, now it is front and center of your consciousness. You can go there for our free 30-day lifestyle program. Roughly six minutes a day is all it takes at least to get my instructional material. Then I do challenge you to put some of those things into practice on a daily basis just over the course of a single month. You would be amazed at what could happen in 30 days. TimelessHealingInsights.org, that's the place to go. Well, our time has slipped away from us again on today's edition of the broadcast. As always, I'm Dr. David DeRose wishing you the very best of health. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.